book of Isaiah, the 41st chapter, the 1st through the 29th verse, and for the brevity of time, I, I, I'm, if I read through that scripture, and we're in Acts 19th chapter, the 1st through the 20th chapter in the 1st verse, if I read all of those, it would take so much away from our message this morning. Uh, the message started in Isaiah 41st chapter, as I said, where it tells the people to fear not. And we talked about fear in Bible study. And he says, the 10th verse, Fear not thou, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am the Lord. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And that's what we put on every morning on, in the armor of God. His righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus pulling off the old man. But if we continue in fear and afraid of the world, we can't help convert the world because we're not giving them God's word. I don't know if we're going about proclaiming God's word the way we should proclaim claim God's word. In Jeremiah, the 26th chapter, the second verse is Deacon read this morning, you need to add that to your notes. That's very key because if you would read in the first part of Jeremiah, he was saying he was but a child and he didn't know what to say. But God told him that, Jeremiah, that you can go where I send you and you could do what I tell you to do. And if you don't do it, I'm going to confuse and confound you and I'm going to make you as brass against them to be able to deliver these messages that I give you to do. He says, For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar, a brazen wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And I told you, the warfare starts with you first. It starts at your house, right in your home, with your relatives and the people around and I was telling my nephew this week about responsibility and authority and the people that's around him that I'm in prayer for him, but it's going to seem like I'm coming up against him. But I must tell him what thus saith the Lord and where are the abominations that we're in, that we're walking in. And we have to stand and tell the people around us that God can't sit us any further away because this begins at home, and he's going to make you strong enough to say these things. And he says, fear not. Yes. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed and confused and confounded. You tell them what thus saith the Lord. Paul was going to Ephesus, and that's modern-day Turkey, and that church no longer exists. If we read Revelation, he was writing to the church at Ephesus that... That was a city just like the United States of America. It was given to graven images and idolatry. The great goddess Diana was there. And it was built in 323 B.C. And it lasted the temple there, the second temple. And it lasted to A.D. 262, in which they paid homage to the great goddess Diana. In the Greek world, they call her. Uh, Artemis, 
the Romans had a, her name was uh, Diana. She was vested with fertility and all of these things. Just like here in America, the things that we worship, the theater in which we're talking about in there when they was about to rush Paul and destroy him or whatever, in that city at that time, that theater and that crowd that was roused up to come after Paul, it was about it would hold about 24,000 people. Think about the no stadium here. You know, now we have the Tiger Stadium, which holds so many or whatever, but that stadium probably was the size of, say, the Superdome or something like that, For not built that way, but it would hold 24,000 people. And it was a crowd, it was a mob, a riot that was going on there like in the insurrection on January 6th, which destroyed democracy in this nation. That was the beginning of the fall of Babylon here. It was just compatible, just like this nation, you know, no worse than this nation because we are given to graven images and idolatry, building all these things up in our nation. It was the commercial and political, religious center of Western Asia. And like I said, it's modern-day Turkey now. You hear nothing of the church of the Christianity like Islam has taken over there. A lot of the other religions, just like in Britain and other places, Christianity has begun. Uh, uh, in other words, there are Christians there that the church have have never been vanquished, but it's not the prominent part. It's, if we would want to look at it, it's like the church in America today, the reason so many of our kids and so many people uh, uh, not Christianity is the way it is because it's so many hypocrites in it, so many people that don't live Christian life and tell the people the churches are accepting of homosexuality, same-sex marriage, abortion, uh, murderers, and liars, and political dissidents, and the biggest thing that has swayed our nation is the false prophets and the false teachers, so we can see why a lot of our children don't believe in Christianity or whatever, because of things like this insurrection in the political parties, that are using the name of Christ in vain to represent Christ and it's caused his name to be blaspheming in the world. During that time, that temple that was built to Diana, was this, it was the seventh wonder of the ancient world, one of the seven great wonders of the ancient world. When Paul first went to Ephesus in the book of Acts, the 18th chapter, you read in the 19th through the 20th verse, Apollos was there at that time, but Paul, it says, when he came to Ephesus, he left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they desired him to tarry longer with them, he consented not, but bade them farewell, saying, I must all, by all means, keep this feast that's in Jerusalem, but I will return again. If, if it be the Lord will, if God wills. And that's what we say about things. If God's willing, we'll do that. We're not going to brag. We don't know what may happen. But if it's the Lord's will, 
he would return and he sailed away from Ephesus. As I was said, they were given to idol making, but Paul himself was a strong man, a strong preacher, and God had told him on several occasions to fear not that he had many people in Ephesus just like he has many people now today among his among the scattered of the churches. And we always see the scattered because the church is mostly scattered. The church is not as prominent. The true church is not as prominent. And it's because it's a narrow way. It's a narrow way. And it's prudence in dealing with the people. The first point that making idols and we're given to making idols, but that's why Paul and John Mark, he, he left John Mark here as a matter of fact to continue some of his work. He left John, the Apostle John, he left, that's where the, one of the writers that wrote the first epistle, first and second and third epistle of John in the book of Revelations. He left him and Timothy at, at Ephesus. Because as he came, he did come back and establish that church. But it was a fight. It was a great fight there in Ephesus. The men were just like the Supreme Court and our political and religious leaders now. They were beast. They were, you know, and you see, I told you about metaphors and languages or whatever. In the book of 1 Corinthians, we read where Paul said he fought against beast at Ephesus. He's talking about beasts there. We don't have anywhere in the Bible where Paul was thrown in the lion's den or whatever. But these beasts, and man is no more than a beast, that was the symbolism, that was some of the symbolism to say it, it was these type people in dealing with. Uh, and like I say, you have to use prudence in dealing with that. I came up the other day and some of the people that deal with my nephew, some of that crowd he follows, one of, I guess it was one of the women or whatever that was sitting there and I spoke or whatever. And one of the guys that I have a little, not something, well, that he's contrary to the word of God or whatever. But you, you have to use prudence in dealing with people. Sometimes you have to know when the fight battles and what battles to fight. But when it says it in the book of First Corinthians, the 15th chapter of the book of First Corinthians, and the 32nd verse, it says, If after the man of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink for it. Tomorrow we die. If we're not believing the word of God, that the, the, those that believe in God and do God's word depart from evil and be regenerated and live as saints of God, and that we have eternal life, that those are promised to the children of God and to the church that cleanse cleanse themselves. It's not promised to all. If we don't believe in that. We just wants to do like they do, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. We just wants to go out and party and live any kind of way or whatever. If we can live a abominable lifestyle, 
if we can live with same-sex marriage, homosexuality, and all the things of the world, the image-making and making of the graven images and idolatry, what, what advantage it is to us to speak as the Word of God that there are enemies in the world and that there are two seeds in the world and we have no association with that that is wicked. If the dead rise not, if there is no resurrection from the dead, now, I told y'all to be careful, I didn't move my bookmark here, but with Jeremiah, and I, he, we always, all of us should do the work of evangelists, but Deacon read something, and I was telling you about Jeremiah, in that 26th verse, he says, Thus saith the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak unto all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command thee to speak unto them, and diminish not a word. In other words, the court of the Lord's house was he was to stand in the gates of Jerusalem. We are to stand in the church. We are to stand everywhere we go, because he says, man shall not worship in this mountain alone, but wherever we, we are, we are to preach. We are to preach and teach the word of God boldly and proclaim that and that's what he told Jeremiah because in those days they would stand in the gates of the city where the people would come to the marketplace come to worship or whatever and he would speak to all of the people to tell all of the people nobody should have an excuse we're to do this there's going to be a lot of them that are not for God don't be dismayed or confused or confounded Diminish not a word. In other words, you have to speak the whole role. You have to speak everything that's included in here. Paul said he had declared, he hadn't diminished one word that he had preached the whole counsel of God unto the people. And that's what we must do, preach the whole counsel of God. The false preachers and false teachers in those days was like Jeroboam. They made religion easy. They started worshiping in Dan and in Bethel and different places and they had the golden calf come in. That's what we've we've done today. We've made religion easy. Come as you are. Come casually. You used to be dressed and wear your finest to go to church. But now we just come before the Lord anyway and we make the Lord just like another guy or somebody, you know, that he we bring him down to our level and we the reverence and the fear of God is gone. All that's in the world, it says, love not the world, nor the things of the world. But we've brought the world into the church and we've started making those things out, uh, image, those images in the church. We, we, we reverence preachers, sports figures, movie stars, technology, and all of these other things. We reverence those things. In other words, that's, that's what we have put before God. Those are our gods. We made all those things graven images. Our spouses, our children, entertainment. We're full of gods now. And a lot of people protect that way of life, that way of leisure, of feasting and, and indulging in this artificial stimulation. You know, so many different television shows. I, I'm included in that. I'm included in that. Yeah, you know, sometime I was telling my brother yesterday or whatever, you know, because, you know, a brother is born for adversity. They love to point out where they may catch you in a fault or where you may be doing something that, you know, 
they think that, well, you said this or you said that. And he had called and said, you're busy. I say, well, I'm always busy. He said, well, sometime I call and you say you're just taking it easy or whatever. Yeah, you have to meditate sometime and take it easy and throw it out of gear. Yes. But I'm still busy. Well, this week I started, my wife had told me to say, she said something about the Lincoln lawyer or whatever. And the way things designed today, it's designed, like I say, technology is a, is a help too. Yes. You love that technology. Well, she was telling me about the Lincoln lawyer, and I said, well, no, I can't get tied up in there to watch that. He can't play that card, that part like Matthew McConaughey, I know, who played that part, you know, but. I don't indulge in idols, you know. I, if the first person play it, you know, just like Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher and this other man not playing Jack Reacher or whatever. But I say I give it a shot and it's time to spend time with my wife. You know, sometimes that's what we neglect, family time. Sometimes you have to sit down with your spouse and your children or whatever and take that time, you know, because that church... That Bible can become an idol, you know. It's some people in church all the time, as Jasper Williams was preaching. I told you, one of my mother's preachers, and he was saying that's what happened to his life. That's the reason he got divorced. He was always preaching a revival, always gone or whatever. But what about your wife? What about your children? You have to have balance in your life. They need that time or whatever. So I sit there and I watch the Lincoln Lawyer, and like I say, the reason, the way things designed today, I, I technology is something else. I watched the whole season of the Lincoln Lawyer in one week, just those few hours a day. You can watch two or three episodes streaming. So it was ten episodes. So I completed that. But it's no idol. I could go on to the next, but it's not where I spend the portion of my time and if anything happens I don't tear down the world and say this and that because it's just entertainment that's why God says using the world but not abusing it but not becoming addicted to it I can take it or leave it I get up in the middle of a lot of movies and shows or whatever so I'm not saying as Solomon said it's nothing better for a man to eat and enjoy the fruit of his labor. So let's not get Christianity crossed up there that God gave us a day of rest. God gave us the Sabbath day as as the example that we do need rest. The Sabbath, just like working, is restorative. The slave owners found out that you couldn't work a man or woman all day or whatever because he tend to produce less. That if you have a lunchtime and a time to sit down and eat and rejuvenate yourself and rest. That's why a lot of jobs give you a break or whatever because you do need the rest sometime. You do need that time. So it may not be busy in the way, but it's part of what's figured into your lifestyle, into you living or whatever. No, I'm not, you're not working. Then he said, okay, I understand now, whatever. And get the clarity of those things. But some people become more vengeful or hateful of some of the people that's lacking true empathy because they become addicted to those things. And if you tell them about, you know, that television show is taking up too much of your time. Every time I come here, you're doing anything. You can't take your eyes off that screen or whatever. My granddaughter's things, I like to see them come over. They're young or whatever. And one came back from... Arkansas, Texas, or wherever she stayed, but 
you know, the young people, they keep their head buried in that phone or whatever. Now my son's understanding what I used to be telling with him when we would go to dinner or doing something or at home at dinner or whatever. Instead of paying attention and talking to the people right there around you, now their children on TikTok and in that phone and looking and he trying to tell her about this and that, that. And I'm like, my mother, now, <laughs> that's so good. Now you understand what I'm talking about. See, because sometimes we have to take our eyes. It's called unplugging. We have to set that phone down. We have to set those things down and communicate and talk to the people around the table. Talk to your people and have a time that that thing is not controlling you. Once that phone is controlling you, you have to answer every text message. You have to always keep on that. You done lost control, not become an idol. That image, that thing, you, it's a grave, it's something that you made, now it's con, you controlled by it. You got to make it there to watch this TV program. You got to be in this stadium to watch these things. You get addicted to the lottery. You get addicted to all the, anything that you have to do and anything that's taking away from God, it's become a graven image of a lottery. The true source of this persecution of these things is Satan inside of us, the spirit of a satanic spirit inside of us. That's why it says, have to be put up the righteousness of God cast out those fears of other things. You replace those things, that addiction to things, the addiction to the love of the world, you replace that with the love of God. In studying His Word, in praying and talking unto God, meditating in His Word day and night. Is that the transferring that's happening? He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, is your mind changing from the world to God? Are you emptying yourself? Are you seeing yourself indulging less in pleasure? Less in television watching? Less in computer gaming? Less in lottery playing? Less in the entertainment? Or whatever that idol or that thing that's taking up the most of your time? Because he says he's a jealous God. Your spouse, your children, is your work. You know, some people become workaholics. And I say, well, look, you might need to set that where you cut off at 5 o'clock. And then after that, you go home with your children or whatever. Working all night. You know, I did a lot of work coming up. I, I regret it. But it was part of what I guess God had me to go through so I can see now to be able to tell others. But a lot of holidays and different weekends and things I was working. I try to use the excuse that I had five or six children there and bills to pay or whatever, but we see now that we can't go back and make excuses. That's the part of what we come back. That's the reciprocal action. Now you work for God and you see where you lost them at. So a lot of times with my daughter or son, they call or whatever, I try to make myself available for them at that time because I know what they're going through. What they're going through might not be right or whatever, but we should try to help one another. I know what my nieces and cousins and things going through, so I stick with him. I say, well, look, you're doing this, and it's not right. You need to be responsible, authoritative, and this is what's in your life. And the reason you hate uh, talking about uncle behind his back, because I'm going to tell you what's right. 
I'm going to tell my children what's right. I'm going to tell y'all what's right and what's of the Lord. And, and just like Paul did, just like he told Jeremiah, you go tell them. And you speak those things which become sound doctrine. We are to be the instructors of the world. We are to be the light. And that cast out self, you're dying yourself then because you're not doing it to please yourself. God's what's motivating you. His fear is what's motivating you. That means you have to study more. He's strengthening you by saying these things. And you, under the shadow of the Almighty, you need His protection because don't get me wrong, man will cause you physical harm. Man will kill you, but you have to get away from that fear. You have to fear God. But it calls, calls for prudence. We'll see where the, riot, the mob was rioting or whatever, and they told Paul not to go in that theater. They wouldn't allow him. They had gotten Gaius and, as we, let me not get ahead of myself, but they had got Paul's other companions, and they found out that they were Christians, and they was about to destroy them. They had gotten hold to them, and Paul wanted to go in and stop them and that's what we do. We stand for one another, but we have to be prudent in these things. We have to be prudent in these things because these people are fighting for their way of life, for their time, for their, their standing up for themselves. Just like Mike Pence almost got destroyed in that insurrection, they said they were only a few feet away from grabbing Mike Pence and hanging him. He had to get away. They tried to get Nancy Pelosi in there. If those people hadn't went and hid or whatever, that mob, see, a mob, a riot, a crowd, it's a dangerous thing. And that's what they're looking at. Did the president whip this mob into a frenzy? See, that's what preachers do in the church. He can whip you to, into a frenzy. That's why a lot of times they say, well, look, preacher, you was making me feel good. Why you stop then? Because maybe God seen that you was getting in the emotion of the physical and the spirit had left you. And sometimes that spirit will take over. You need to watch what you're doing. That's why sometimes people kill one another and different things happen because it, it makes you, uh, it just like alcohol, it releases all inhibitions and it makes you become somebody or something that you're not. Drugs do that. Sex will do that. Lottery and gambling will do that. All of those things that you can be addicted to, if they say come down to the boat and you could win, gamble on your phone or whatever, but they do know that they knew have to have a hotline for Gamblers Anonymous because you have a problem. You can't stop doing it. It is done control you. It's a lot of people that jumped off that boat that then lost rent money and all these things trying to win it all. What's the sin in that? What's the problem in that? Because you said what nothing wrong with entertainment, Pastor. You said what's nothing wrong with these things. No, if you know how to keep the balance in it, but it's a way of life. That's how the devil comes in. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. So now you've gotten addicted to it. It's controlling you. You're not controlling it. How many bought tickets last night to that lottery because it was over half billion dollars? What's those tickets worth for you this morning? But you would fight to keep the lottery, right? You, 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 oh, that's the way we pay for this and that. They're the schools and that. No, you're gambling. The Bible tells us in the New Testament. We always talk about, I'm talking about the Old In the New Testament, beware of quick riches. Proverbs tell you that. Beware of money gotten quickly. 
That's the love of money. How many were dreaming of what they can do if they won the lottery? What happened to those dreams this morning? On the past, it wasn't before five dollars. It wasn't by ten or fifteen dollars. Talk it away. Talk it away. Once you be released from this bondage, walk away from the bondage. See, it's a lot of people don't want you talking like that. What happens when you come in and Kathleen Blanco was talking about the saints in the Superdome that the taxpayers are paying for multimillionaires and all of that to subsidize that Superdome and all these other things subsidizing. And she had said, let them leave. But that's why she couldn't be but a one-time government because the people are behind those things. That's what they love. That's what their flesh love. My son was telling me about the price of alcohol and a cold drink is 20 or 30. I mean, 20 or $30 for a beer, you know, a big beer, or the little one's 10 or $12 or whatever. One beer. But see, it's about the money and the things of the world. Multi-million dollars. It's about the money and the things. So when you start talking against that in the things of the world, you know, like a lot of people talking about Manning and Breeze, all of the money they had, they shouldn't have to set those gambling traps for other people. But that's their heroes. Don't talk about LeBron James or Peyton Manning or Will Smith or any of those images that we've made, those idols that we had made. Those are graven images. But this was an unlawful assembly. In the book of Acts, it's in the 19th chapter, the 23rd and 31st verse. It says, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made shrines for Diana, brought in it made tons of money for him. It made tons of money for the city. He says he was a craftsman whom called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that none alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul had persuaded and turned away much people saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also the temple of the great Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship it. And when they heard this, they were full with, filled with wrath and cried out, saying, Great is the Diana of the Ephesians, Ephesians, and the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Paul's two companions, Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companion in travel, they rushed with one accord into that theater of 24,000. And when Paul would have entered into the temple, the people said, don't go in there, Paul, they'll tear you apart. There's danger in a crowd. My mother had a sermon by O.L. Holiday that I loved, and then I used to preach in the dark or whatever to myself. There's danger in the crowd. Come out from among the crowd. See, it's prudence. If Paul would have been in there, It'll have been curtains. It's just like our president had whipped up that crowd, whipped them into a frenzy, and that's the religious leaders nowadays. They will pay for it eventually. Those false prophets and Satan's ministers that's, that's been transformed into ministers of light, this whole world has gone that way because they talk about, this is Demetrius, but Paul talks about Demas had forsaken him. That was a friend of his. There's a lot of friends and people in church with you. They'll forsake you because they're not true believers. There are a lot of relatives and things 
and that you have to stand and experience these things because a lot of them that are doing this are ignorant of what they're doing. But the crowd had whipped them up. That's why Jesus, when he says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. He wasn't talking about the whole crowd. He was talking about those among him that were his people that were ignorant. See, the devil can't fool the very elect of God. But it's a lot of them that he's going to kill and hurt and maim because they don't have really good sense. Those are the ones that he says, some of them, these will fall short of it. Just because something happens to you, you get caught up with the wrong crowd. You know, there are good people that get caught up with the wrong crowd. Moses got caught up the wrong way and got discombobulated and he killed that Egyptian. That wasn't what God wanted him to do. You know, that's why I say we sometimes have to look back over our past life and then that's when we could help our children. That's when we could help our relatives and other people. We could empathize because that same thing, I was caught up in that same thing. Were we caught up in drugs, gambling, adultery, fornication, entertainment, lottery, gambling, all these things? He says, Second Timothy 414 about this Demetrius had brought accusations against Paul. In second, let's look at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter of 2 Timothy. I have that whole thing here to read shortly. He says, Paul says, Alexander the coppersmith had did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom he was Thou also aware, for he greatly withstood our words. You had sent me there to preach, and he stood up against me. Now, this is that's what I told you. You pray to God about people that's standing up against you, because when we go back against to that forty first 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 forty first chapter that we were in, that if we're that throat <coughs> stretching, he says, "Behold, I will make thee <coughs> a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh mountains and." Beat the small and shall make the hills chaff. Thou shalt fan them, and wind, the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. And thou shalt rejoice in the Lord and shall glory. Keep reading there, and we would see that ahead of that it says, Thou shalt seek them, and they shall not find them. Even them that contend with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. If you want those things to come to pass, you have to fear not and stand and tell these people because if they don't rise up, because that's why you tell them what the Lord's saying and use prudence in doing it, and then God's going to beat them to dust. God says, fret not because of the evildoer, for they'll soon be cut off. But if you hadn't told them, if I'm warning these people and they're standing by to do this, someday they may get a conscience or God may convict them and say, Remember that preacher told you this. God says, my word shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish the purpose. A lot of them won't be converted. A lot of them will be damned to hell. But he says, he that believe it shall be saved. And he that don't believe shall be damned. So either they go believe it or not, either you will continue in sin because you love darkness. But you have to convict them and God uses you. You can't be a sharp threshing instrument if you're not using His Word and know how to handle this Word. We don't have to know how to handle God's Word. 
Now Paul, like I said, he didn't stop preaching because people were coming against him. The book of Acts, the 19th chapter, says, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months. Didn't that's what Peter do? He says, this man had been with Jesus because he said man ought to fear God and, and do what God says instead of man. He had the Spirit. The more you do that, the bolder you get, the more raising you get, the more stronger you get. Because it's God that strengthens you. What is He strengthening you for? He strengthened you to carry His Word. Paul wanted to vanquish that. That same apostle I'm talking about, he prayed thrice that God would remove that thorn in the flesh. A lot of people say that was thorn in the, that thorn in the flesh with these Jewish people and those Jewish people that followed him around preaching against his ministry, preaching against him. Sometimes them people that's going against you, those that's out there saying this behind your back, they're falling under that thing. It says, blessed are those that persecute you and say all manner evil about you. So I said, don't worry about it, son. They're talking about your daddy or whatever. But all that's doing is building me up. God says, blessed are you. Because I went and did what God told me to do. And whatever they say or talk about me, it's like your parents says, words will never hurt you. That don't hurt me. It's rolling on me like water off a duck back. But if I go to whining and crying and going off of a pity party, my neighbor don't like me. This person don't like me. And he always doing that. Shut up and stand up and be strong. Make you strong against them. That's going to happen to you. If they beat and kill me, they're going to do it to you, ain't they? If they beat and kill Jesus, you don't think they're going to do it to you? Didn't they do it to the apostles? That's what they, because they love their lifestyle. They love the way they live it. They love how they're able to, if they have all the things of this world, why leave this world and this world's pleasure and it's not working to strengthen them to see that God had put this world here for us to use, but not abuse, but not love the world because if you love the world you can't be a friend of God. You're enemy of God. That John is the one who wrote these epistles in the book to the Ephesians. It says, For boldly spake for three months, disputing and persuading the about the things concerning the kingdom of God. He says, But when divers in other words, when many people got hard against that, Demetrius and everybody seeing their profit margin dropping. They're seeing the people that came out and burned all these books and things. That they, see, when you burn your bridges, that means you're not coming back to them. They burn their sorcery thing. They burn all these things, meaning there was true repentance in that city. They were turning from those things. Yes. Now, those that went back and picked those things up and began to do them, it's like the dog that returned to the vomit. Yes. If I build back up those things I tore down, I become the transgressor. Notice Joshua and Jacob when he told his people to put away all the foreign gods that be among them. He says, you can't serve the Lord. He said, choose you this day the God that you can serve. How many of those people were still hanging on to household gods? Those little things that they love to do. Those little hidden secrets and knickknacks and everything. See, that's what the Word of God does. It comes to convict you and that you be without a spot or a blemish. But it's some things you holding on to. That's why you fear. You fear loss. That's why you want to gain and do all these things because you have a spirit of covetousness. 
to want and desire. Those people that wanted to win the lottery, those people that's thinking about it, that's covetousness and you lust after these things. This is what your heart, that's covetousness and what we preached and tell and said the book of God says covetous, covetousness is idolatry. The, the desire to have, he says, be content with that as such that you have. It says, but when many people started to go against him and believed not and spake evil of that way before the multitude, you know, back then it was called Christianity. But Christianity has become so tarnished today that that's why they're under the spell of the curse that God said about David. They said, David, the sword will never leave your house because what you've done, you've caused my name to be blasphemer. What a lot of people, the life they live, the life they, they portray has caused God's name to be blasphemed. And people talk about the preacher and talk about the church because it's a hypocritical nation. Yes. It's a hypocritical, you know, it's nothing more worse than the church doing what the world doing and being the same as the world. You know, they didn't drug that pagan idol Super Bowl into the church. We can't compete with the Super Bowl, so we're going to bring the Super Bowl into the church. Anytime the word of God is, is less powerful than the Super Bowl, you serving the wrong God. Most churches have those big screens and things on there because they say the people are not going to come. It's a many of people say, look, they like my son. He say, daughter, he'll tell you, if the Cowboys playing, I ain't going. I'm trying to get loose. He say, daddy, I'm trying to get loose from the Cowboys. But I need to watch those games. It's some people, if the Saints own church got to wait, you got church at the wrong time. It's got people that, hold on, no, this got to wait. It's a lot of people where drinking got to wait. I was that way before. I've been that way. It's a lot of people. You got to go see the drug dealer before you go, go to home, before you go anywhere. They just got to get that hit. They got to get that nip or that wine. Some people are so in love with this guy that they got to see him one more time. They got to do this. What is your idol? We, we, see, we think of the big things that are idols, but we need to read and as we study along and see that all these things could become idols in our lives. He says, unto the church of the angel at Ephesus, write these things, said he that holdeth the seven stars at his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the store, candlesticks. I know thine works and thine labor and thine patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. He was talking to that church what Paul had preached to. He was talking to that church because this is the, one of the pastors or one of the apostles, one of the leaders, John the Revelator. He was at Ephesus. That's who Paul left at. One of those. And that's why in our closing, he says, keep yourself from idols. See, but don't be under some preacher or some teacher that don't know that idols is not just a statue that you, that child of yours or that spouse of yours can, can become an idol. If your health is in a deprecative condition, in other words, you're not in real good health and you go to the doctor and he say you must stop doing this and stop doing that, but you love that so much, I, I can't, doc, I, I have to have that, I have to eat this and I, I have to that. He says, but it's working against your body, it's working against you. You know that that becomes an idol. It says their God is their belly. That's scriptural. 
your God becomes your belly. That's who you love. Because why? If that's going to destroy the temple, God says, He's going to punish those that destroy the temple of God. Know ye not that your body is the temple of God? Now if you read and study and here, Paul says that your body don't belong to you. So that's what I get into the thing with the homosexuals and the same-sex marriage people and the people that has anything that could do you bodily harm. He put that doctor that will warn you that that's what's causing this condition. Now, if your body don't belong to you, you're not able to do anything with your body because doesn't it belong to Christ? Christ in me, that should be increasing. And if you put those things away... He's going to strengthen you. He told Paul, he says, my strength is made strong in your weaknesses and your infirmities. You're depending upon God to keep you. You're depending upon God to protect you. You're depending upon God to help you. He said, by my stripes you will heal. Do you have that much faith? Because Paul and Peter, it says the shadow from Peter, Peter was walking, and the shadow from Peter was healing people. In this same city, that's where Paul was. They say he was sending handkerchiefs and all kinds of things that were healing the people. If they just touched those things, Paul had handled. But they said, we got to shut this guy down because the whole world following up him. He's tearing down the empire. People are, and man, isn't that something? But Paul wasn't afraid, though. Paul wasn't afraid. He says, But when Divus was hardened, he spake evil of that way. He departed from them and separated his disciples. He's disputed daily in the school of one Tyrannus. I'm going to take these few people that really believe in the word of God, and I'm going to preach to these two or three. And it's just like Jesus. He says, Your house is left unto you desolate. You want the money changes and the things in there. He, he says, I'll build my church upon this rock. He was talking about upon himself, upon that foundation. It's built upon Jesus Christ. Those days, he says, you might have to hate your mother, father, sister, brother, even your own life. In other words, you must decrease self as the enemy. What did Paul go that little comic strip character says? We have found the enemy and he's us. We are the enemy. Those people that are attacking the White House, attacking the Capitol on the insurrectionists, talking about installing their man or keeping their man in power, they were the enemy. They have become enemies of democracy. They caused it to fall. What's wrong with telling others about this? It went down in infamy. Paul told them about it. Paul was saying about it. Listen to 2 Timothy. I told you I was going to read this a second time. Let's start at the ninth verse. He says, make every effort to come to me soon. He was locked up. He in prison. This is timber. And he had left him that Ephesus preaching, and he's trying to tell him to stay strong. Just because I'm in jail and this has happened to me, you and John stay strong and preach the word. He says, Demas have forsaken me, having loved the pleasures and having loved this present world. He's deserted me and gone on to Thessalonica. Now, they didn't say he left a religion. He probably became a false prophet or teacher preaching that prosperity and things contrary to sound doctrine. He was just adding leaven to the word of God. He was doing something different. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Damathea, and he had sent Titus also to Crete. Titus was a little bit more stronger than Timothy, 
That's why he sent him to Crete. Because remember he said the Cretans are always liars and slow of belly. Those were some, you know, the world is a deceitful place. We got some deceitful and, and, and some evil and wicked people in the world. There are two seeds in the earth. We're trying to call out the people of God because some you can't win because they are the other seed. They belong to the father of the devil. He says, get Mark and bring him with you for he is very helpful to me in the ministry. This is John Mark who had left the preaching and teaching and went some other way because he wasn't strong. He had ran into problems and you remember that's when Paul and Barnabas had to depart ways and Barnabas took Mark and Silas went with Paul. The spirit had to separate them. Because Mark had quit. See, because Paul, he was something else now. He was a pistol now. He would get you straight. See, because he was a, in the Word of God, he knew so much of the Word of God. And that's why I say, the more you know of the Word of God, the more you can handle God and, and do the things God wants you to do. That's why I say, study to show yourself approved. We're in a religious battle now. A lot of people don't see this. That's why they're being blinded because... Satan's ministers has been transformed into ministers of light. <clears throat> and that's why I say some of those people that was in, in that insurrection, they so crazy, they, they thought they were doing the right thing, but they were on the lower level. God has people everywhere. But see, sometimes some of his people are blind. As a, they're blind. But there are different levels in Christ Jesus. Yes. There are different rewards. He says... Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's very helpful to me. But Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the coat that I left at Troas and with coppers, and the books, especially the par parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but that is no concern of mine. That's for the Lord, for the Lord will repay him according to his actions. Was Paul bitter and saying, you see, it's a lot of resentful and bitter people and carrying grudges. They mad that they spouse but something that happened 10 or 20 years ago. You resentful about something somebody said or whatever. Do like Paul said, that ain't concerning me. I've laid it to the Lord. He said, cast all your cares and burdens upon me. Stop carrying that stuff around. That's what's got you sick. It's been turned into a root of bitterness and you want to get evil and you want get even and you want vengeance and you want to see all these things. Give that to the Lord. You, you have to purge those things out of your heart. Think better than that what people have done to you. Pray for your enemies. That's why I should keep praying for different people. He says, be on guard against him, yourself against him. Now, did he say, don't worry about it, God got him? He says, what? No, he says, watch him now. Be careful of him. We have to mark those that cause division, and that is a problem. Because he vigorously opposed our message, you watch him. At my first trial, no one supported me as an advocate or stood with me. But they all deserted me. May it not be accounted to them by God. Doesn't that sound like he has the spirit of Jesus Christ when he was on the cross? He says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Yes. How it feels to be deserted sometime your parents don't understand you. Brothers and sisters don't understand you. Your children don't understand you. The people around you don't understand you. Don't cave. Be like Jesus Christ. Say, you will go too. Sometimes you have to walk that road alone. Sometimes you have to hold your own road. You can't allow it to make you bitter. He says, But the Lord stood by me and stood.
strengthen me. What, what happened? When everybody left him, did he fall into fear and trembling? He said, he strengthened and empowered me so that through the gospel might be fully proclaimed that all the Gentiles might hear. Everybody's gone, but that's what strengthens me when I'm weak. That's when I'm strong because God's coming out now. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's a promise of God if you're not fearful of. Yes. He said, I was rescued from the mouth of the lion. I don't think he was talking about a beast. You remember I told you about the wording and the similes. It's the government because if we would look back at the 19th chapter of Acts where we were, he says about the proconsul going there. Look at that 19th chapter starting at the 31st verse. It says, and when the town clerk had appeased the people, he says, ye men of Ephesus, they had been rioting and, and making that noise for two or three hours, and the town clerk says, ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of Ephesians is a worshiper of the great Diana, goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. For you have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of church, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law, because against this any man, because is, the law is open and there are deputies, let them plead implead one another. Take them to court. But if you inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. Assembly is a church, and they tell you it's the word ecclesia, ecclesiastes, and a lot of times, I'm ecclesia, and they use that for any assembly. They call the church ecclesia in some wording in here. This was an unlawful church. It was unlawful assembly, a gathering of people. The insurrection was an unlawful assembly. It was people gathered to overthrow the government. The government was saying that they, you didn't brought this to court. All, all of the courts threw it out because there were no evidences of fraud. Had nothing occurred. The same thing here. What had the law said? See, the law is there. He says, not one jot, no one tittle shall disappear from the law to all be, what? All be done. Until heaven and earth shall pass away. Not one jot. Because that's what we have as a defense. There'll be a many of government and a people stand in because God had appointed the law. They are officers, that authority. God had put that authority in power. Now you rising up against that authority. You didn't made those within that. Donald Trump was their God. That's the image that they worship at. And now uh, he was serving this wrong thing. And now that he's out of power, he wants to stay back in power. Now y'all doing this unlawfully to keep this man in power. Mitch McConnell hypocritically said about putting a Supreme Court justice on in the last year of Barack Obama's administration. But then in, within three months of when Ruth, Gator Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, he put someone on the Supreme Court. It's a hypocritical nation. The nation has to fall. It's a nation of idols that brings you in, uh, 
idol worship brings you into bondage. This is the first point. I don't have time to go further at this time, but the conclusion is John's first chapter, as we started off in that fifth in first John, it says, My little children, keep yourselves from idols. That's what the council at Jerusalem with James and them saying in the book of Acts. He says that they may abstain from things strangled with blood, fornication, and idols. But we have to know what idols are. We'll feel this out next week. Heavenly Father, help these to hear your word, to not make graven images and idols, to be strong in you and in your word and in your